So lately I've been hearing a lot of employers, not necessarily only in the nursing home industry, but in other industries as well, where they complain about the high turnover of staff. They hire people and they're always complaining about the people that they hire and they're making it sound like it's their fault, like it's the employer's, employee's fault. Really mm -hmm. it's the employer's fault for not creating a culture where the employee can grow, develop, and, and really you have to guide them on the right way for their career. Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I'm a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to another recording of the Nursing Home Podcast. This is the only podcast that you need to learn everything that is going on, the real issues that are plaguing this industry, some of the real challenges that this industry is facing. And specifically, we bring you innovative ways and of dealing with some of these challenges. I'm really excited for today's episode because today we are going to meet Izzy Walkman. And I apologize if I butchered your last name, but Izzy is a janitorial guru. He has a commercial cleaning service and is the generous sponsor of today's episode. But the focus of today's conversation is probably the number one pain point that is facing the industry right now, and that is labor management. That is the staffing crisis that we simply cannot find the staff to come into the nursing homes, to service our residents in whatever capacity that they we need them to, and to stay and continue doing that. So before we even jump into this, if you don't mind, Izzy, if you can give us just a little bit of a background of where you came from professionally, what you're doing now, and why you're qualified to have this conversation, then let's jump right into the, the actual thing. So tell us a little bit, the short version of how you got to doing what you're doing professionally so our listeners can learn who you are. So I have a background in real estate. That's where I started off my career. And after I got married, I, I started my company, GBC Facility Services, originally started in Toronto. The focus was to focus on the people because in any industry where you're dealing with low-wage employees, you're going to have a high turnover of staff. And that's just the way it is. And the way you deal with that is all, it starts at the top. It starts with you. It starts with the way you lead your team. It starts with the leadership that you have. And that's the focus that I had going into the janitorial industry. And the way you lead your team makes all the difference because it's all about consistency, the consistency of the staff, the consistency of the people you have and not having a revolving door of staff and which the other companies, that's what their biggest issues were, having a revolving door of staff. And me as an entrepreneur, that's where I decided to focus my niche on, on having a consistent staff at the facilities where they're going to go above and beyond. Amazing. Amazing. So the particular niche or niche that you chose is janitorial services, but the problem, like uh, you very eloquently explained, that the problem is that if you can have someone who's working 
at a minimum wage level or close to it, you need to do something to get them to want to work for you and to want to stay because that's something that is very available. They can go anywhere and do similar work or maybe even easier work. So you have to provide an environment where they would want to stay. Now, let, just to quantify a little bit the problem in the nursing home industry right now, besides for the regular challenges that anyone working in this industry has, COVID obviously has made that even more difficult. And there's some real risks that many people are taking. There's burnout. There's unemployment benefits in many different states that sometimes can be very tempting. There's a, a lot of people are leaving to go to Target. I know that there are some nursing homes that were saying that the local Target's rates were better than their rates. They're paying their CNAs. So you could either say the bikes are in aisle 13, or you could be busy with all the challenges and stress that are involved in a nursing home. So that that's it's going to take a bit more to get someone there. And they can easily just change. There's, there's no career there. So... The problem is real, the pro- and everyone's trying to find solutions to this. How have you been successful? To, give us a couple of ways that you, you've been able to successfully implement with your team, and maybe some administrators and nurse leadership who are listening, they can maybe implement the, this with their teams. So lately, I've been hearing a lot of employers, not necessarily only in the nursing home industry, but in other industries as well, where they complain about the high turnover of staff. They hire people and they're always complaining about the people that they hire and they're making it sound like it's their fault, like it's the employer's employee's fault. Really, Mm -hmm. it's the employer's fault for not creating a culture where the employee can grow, develop, and, and really you have to guide them on the right way for their career. People want to work at will. The world is changing. People are changing. People's moods are changing. You tell someone something that they don't like, they're going to walk off the job. It's, this is how it is today. And it's, not, it's no longer what it was 20, 30 years ago where you pay someone a big check or whatever, even a smaller check, but it's, 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 it's no longer a transactional relationship, but more one based on an emotional relationship. And that's really what the core belief is on servant leadership. By building a connection, building trust, Asking the employee questions, open-ended questions like, what do you consider good leadership? And when you get, when you ask such questions, you're not only encouraging open dialogue, but you're encouraging to connect with you. And, and that, is, that means more than anything because people want to come to work and they want to come to work. They want to know that they're coming to a workplace where they have the, the workplace has their best interest in mind and not just, it's not just another paycheck, right? Because then I'll just go to Target where they'll pay me a dollar more per hour. So it has to be more than something just a paycheck. It has to be where the employer is building a connection with the employee, with the team member. That's what it needs to be on the focus. That's what the focus needs to be. So, Number one is you, you mentioned the conversations. How often is it, especially when times are tough from a staffing standpoint, how often is it that conversations don't even happen between management and the line staff? You'll hear about the challenges and there might be confrontational conversations, but as far as the checking in, how are things going? What could we do better? Forget about what type of leadership would you like to see, but even the basics and as the assumption in asking the question that you mentioned is that there's a conversation. So that itself is a huge step because you'll hear complaints that management this, management that, management the other thing. And a lot of times these things couldn't be further from the truth, but they fester and grow 
because there is no direct communication. So I think that's no, no point number one, that as crazy as it is, it's that critical to start having those conversations, even when you still don't have a nurse for the 11 to 7 shift tonight, and you, the DON, might have to stay over, or the nurse from 3 to 11 shift might have to stay over. It's critical to have these conversations, otherwise you'll be spinning your wheel forever. Uh, but the second one you mentioned is about servant leadership. What, what does that mean? So the five anchors of servant leadership are connection meeting, weekly one-on-one, coaching during the game, personal development strategy, and performance reviews. So connection meeting is all about building a parameter for what the employee considers good leadership, what the employee's personal commitments outside the workplace may be. And and you're basically building a parameter on how not to step on their toes and how to reward them, how to discipline them when necessary and stuff like that. That's Mm -hmm. the connection meeting, which you usually do around two or three months after you hire them. The weekly one-on-one is something you do right away every week. And you ask them questions like, tell me about your week, not What do you do this week? Tell me about your week. What could I have done to support you this past week? And you want to recognize something that they have done that was outstanding and recognize their good performance. Make them feel good. People want to feel good. When they feel good, they're going to do it again. And and when you have this weekly one-on-one, you get to really recap what they did this past week and what's coming up in the upcoming week. And you can ask them for personal or you can ask them for requests that you have that you may have from the team member for this upcoming week. That's, that's pretty much the weekly one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, the coaching during the game. You're going on site and you have to, you're meeting with the team members, right? You're meeting with the people and, and you're really, you're not only building a connection, but you're opening dialogue. You're having them open up to you. Maybe they're telling you things that they would not have told you before. Or so, so you're really getting a lot of information at the co- during coaching during the game, and and you're building a dialogue for how the sun the site is run, and it's crucial to the performance of any home of any facility to understand what's really going on behind the scenes. And then personal self development is everyone wants an opportunity to grow within the company. They want to move up in their careers. They want not only a bigger paycheck, but they want a bigger title. And you as an employer, it is your responsibility to go over that with them. Obviously, you don't want it to be, if you're not going to do it, then we're holding you to it. But it's, it's all a willingness. If you want to grow, this is what you need to do in order to grow. And with that, you have a lot of people who are really putting in 100, 150% effort because they want that they want that challenge. They want to be challenged and they want that opportunity for a better life for themselves. And then you have the performance reviews, and which is crucial because every six months you really need to, people do it between every six and every 12 months, to really go over what, what they've done, you know, which is really basically a recap of your weekly one-on-ones. And you really want to speak with them and, and see where they're going, what behavior needs to be changed, and, and where you could be going in the future. People are going to come over to you and ask you for, for a raise, right? And it all has to be based on performance performance-based rates. Well, well, that's so, one of the five keys of servant leadership. Got it. Got it. Uh, first of all, are those, uh, where are those keys from? If I, I hired Mark Pettipaw, amazing guy. I suggest everyone who is having difficulty with their staff and their team members to hire a, a team leader that can 
develop your team, coach your team, and, and really teach them the foundations of leadership because leadership now is changing and it, it's no longer what it used to be. It's this new way of leading and you're either going to have a revolving door of employees and constantly dealing with that issue and really holding you back from growth, or you're going to hire people and they're going to grow the company because it's the people that are doing the work, growing the company and, and the day-to-day, -day, right? This is this is true. I mean... I mean, regardless if we hire the same the same coach or even apply everything that you said. Now, but I think what's critical here is a shift in mindset. Like the old school corporate America is the CEO on the top of the organization, the big boss, and all the little bosses on each level. And they're talking down to the employees. You want your paycheck? You want your 401k? You want your right. benefits? You want all these things that younger employees don't really care too much about it anymore, then you're going to listen to what I say. And there are good ones and bad ones. And there was a certain concept of consistency, continuity in your job. And you were there for the long run. I'm a company man and I'm working for GM, working for IBM. I'm working for even Apple or Google or, or a healthcare company. People don't look at it that way. People are not looking to get comfortable with a company for 30 years Right. And they're not even looking there for 30 days unless it's talking to them, unless it's working for them. Right. And the, the concept, I think, and of servant leadership is not just a tool that you use in order to convince people to, to stay. It's a, it's a mind shift. You need to actually serve your employees. The boss's boss is the people who report back to him or her. So if you want your, your nurse to stay, you want your janitorial staff to stay, housekeeping, dietary, whatever, even in retail, you want them to stay, you have to help them every single day and what they did. And all, everything that you mentioned over there uh, obviously is critical and each one can be very beneficial even alone. Obviously, as part of a cohesive system, it's even better. But the point is, like, number one, like you were talking about the conversations, take a step back, have a conversation. You know, that's something you should be doing. Even with the line staff, don't say, oh, they're just on the conveyor belt, just doing whatever it is, whatever widgets you're producing, whatever service you're providing. But they're just here to take care of, of the aides. And we're going to tell you which shifts you're taking. Like, you know, understand who they are. Understand their interests outside of the business. Do you have any specific incident that comes to mind where you've applied some of these things and seen a dramatic um, impact that this has had on someone particularly either in your company or have you observed it elsewhere? Yes, definitely. We have we have an we have an employee who started with us as a supervisor, making eighteen dollars an hour, a site supervisor, and within six months, this person like they they really they they showed the willingness as as it's my job as the employer to identify if it's a willingness issue or if it's a knowledge issue. Some people you have to tell them four or five times, and you realize that the person just not willing to change their behavior to be a better team member, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's when you have to take other action. But this employee specifically had the willingness to go above and beyond and really serve the clients. They had the professionalism. They had all the KPIs to be a, a real manager. And now that person is managing the entire Sophia Duarte. She's managing the entire operations in Toronto. 
and and she's been with us for less than a year and she told me herself i brought out the best within her because i pushed her to the limits i, I challenged her in a positive way was it a bit stressful yeah there were times when it was stressful but i gave her the opportunity and she took it and she really proved herself and and she can't be more thankful right and that's what people want they want the opportunity obviously i can't give everyone that opportunity but there are other opportunities that come around and there's always an opportunity to grow. And the people who really take that opportunity, I've like almost everyone on my team, really, they, they started at the bottom and they worked their way up. And if it's, and when they show willingness to learn and grow and, and change the behavior to a managing behavior where they have to now take care of the people below them and manage them as well, it's all a key chain reaction, right? That's the key indicator for, for good performance, for, for, for getting that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But when, it, mm-hmm. when, it's, when it's a knowledge issue, when the person doesn't know A, B, C, or D, it's my job to come in and fill the gaps. Got it, got it. So, so when you identify somebody, like you just said, in that particular case, and you see that this is someone who, who there's real potential to grow within the company. So if someone's like clearly above and beyond, like that person was, then you can kind of set them on a path. And if that, if there's opportunity within the company to do what you did, and that's fantastic when when that happens. Let's say you see uh, you, you're talking. I want to take it to a nursing home level. So let's say a typical nurse's aide or a nurse, and many of them have been doing the same role for many years. Very seldom do we have conversations with our nurses and and aides about career advancement, and not just advancement. Where do you want to see yourself in 20 years? And a lot of times, as chaotic as nursing homes are their personal lives might be challenging as well. They may be paycheck to paycheck and don't even have the time uh, or the mind space to think on the macro level in order to put themselves in a better place. So, I mean, having these types of conversations really, it it can help them think of things that they never would have thought of in the past. So do you you find that as well, that sometimes it could be even less dramatic, but just a, a small mind shift, which will make them want to, show up at work and excited to be there because now I'm not just doing a dead-end minimum wage job. I see myself as on a path going to a certain place. Do you see that effect also? So showing up to work needs to be a given because if you have people who aren't showing up at work at all, then there's there's an issue there. It's, it's, it's a willingness issue. Obviously, people have issues in their lives and things happen. And as an employer, you need to understand that and be accommodating. But there comes to a certain point where not coming to work or coming late, where it it breaches that line. You only want to spend your time and energy on people who really have the willingness to want to grow, want to be coached, want to want to develop their skills. You don't want to waste your time with people who aren't interested in in growing, right? Now, there are people who are happy where they are, and that's okay, as long as they're doing the job correctly. But this is all mainly for people who really want to grow and want to develop. The pe- for the people who, who, who want to remain, some pe- sometimes people want to change departments, right? So you can have a self, self-development, personal development review and ask them, okay, you want to go from A to B, so this is what you need to do. You need to do A, you need to do B, you need to do C. I'm not going to hold you to it to, to do these things. It's, it's only if you want to go to that department. It's only if you want to do this change. But mm-hmm. if, if 
want that, if you want that raise, if you want that position change, then this is what you're going to need to do. And I'll come back in three months and I'll see how you did. If you did well, if you really pulled through and you really did everything that was required, then we'll, we'll, we'll take it to the next step. But overall, you only want to be spending your time and energy on, on developing people's careers. If they want to, if they want that change, they want to be developed. Otherwise you're just going to I don't want to come to work on time. Okay, so then we have to look for something else, right? That's not a, that's not a good fit. It's always important, you know, to, to look at people's attitudes when you're first interviewing. Like I was interviewing a manager for for a site a few weeks ago, a few months ago, and and she was really shocked at the way the uh, leadership was run, and and she was really thrilled, like, wow, I've never seen this before. Everyone that we meet, it's like, wow, this is different, right? And it's because it's from old school to new school. And whoever jumps on the bandwagon first is going to be the leaders in whatever industry they are because business is about people and it's about how you lead them, how you coach them. And and that's what the key is. So hold on. So you, you, something, two very important points here. Number one is as difficult as it is to maintain the these this level these employees in whatever business but let's talk nursing homes specifically so let's say nurses aides dietary aides even maintenance employees as difficult as it is to retain them there's they themselves are looking for an employer that's going to give them a reason to stay they don't want to get a new job every single month or every six months they would love to have a place with some sort of longevity and to be excited to be working at a place which makes sense for them. The problem is that no one's doing this right. Almost no one's doing this right. So they're kind of forced to go, you know what? Down the block, they pay me extra dollar an hour. I have no reason to stay here. Yeah, I'll have to figure out my, my transportation. I may have to figure out the cubbies and the lockers. And I may have to have socially and these new friends. And there's changes involved. There's a price to that, even if it's not financial. But what extra buck, who cares? No one cares about me here. No one will notice. No one ever spoke to me. So nobody will ever know. And then what happens sometimes is when they give their notice, all of a sudden, then the administrator sits down with them. And I know because I've made that mistake. And like, and when our best nurse decided to go down the block for that reason, and I'm like telling her how amazing she was and holding the building tail, which was true. Like, well, where were you the last two years? You never, I, know, I never knew that you noticed. Why didn't you say something? I'm like, yeah, you're right. Have you, did, did you do like weekly one-on-ones? Did you ask them, did you give them a voice to their opinions? Did you allow them to, if they had ideas for the home, did they, did you allow them to voice their opinions on ways they can improve? That's, that's all what you do at a weekly one-on-one. You get whatever's on their chest off of their chest and you make them feel good, right? If something's bothering them, you need to address it. Otherwise they're going to go down the block to someone else. Maybe they'll be paid a little bit more, right? And that's really yeah. what it is. No one's doing a weekly one-on-one. It's, I mean, you have to, obviously the, the the administrator can't meet with every everyone on the team. There needs to be a, a level of command where administrator meets with his top five people, whatever it is. But no one is doing that. No one is 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 really having that weekly one-on-one where they're getting things off their chest and and giving the employee a voice where they can voice their concerns or issues or something that may be bothering them or even something in a positive light, something that they want to do for the company, right? So if I'm in nursing homes right now, if I'm a director of nurses, if I'm an administrator and I'm in the thick of things and I really am suffering from this problem and the, we have 30 open shifts in the next week and it's like a real crisis. I'm working 80 hours a week. All my nurses are working 80 hours a week. We're barely covering the shifts as it is. We're not staffing as much as we would like to staff. 
probably below the minimum required staffing levels. And even we're barely getting it by. And then you hear these conversations about sit-downs and one-on-ones and all these things. It sounds great in a perfect world, but they, they don't have time to go to the bathroom. I'm not exaggerating. Right? You have nurses who will wait eight hours because they're going patient to patient to patient. The, the problem is very, very severe right now. So I know that this should be done. And perhaps if this was done um, in the past, it would, it would make it more doable right now. My question is, what can, if someone can't do this whole process right now, their resources are not available, whether it's time, whether it's people, money, whatever it is, and they want to do one thing, they, they're chasing their tail for months, and they know it's not working. What's like the one thing they can do today to significantly change and get, get out of the flywheel? A weekly one-on-one takes between you know, 20 to 40 minutes. And that is, you need to have that dialogue in order to, you asking like, what else can they do? Like, this is what they need to do. Have a weekly one-on-one. Do the connection meeting. It, it's a one-time thing. If you're going crazy like that, it's not sustainable. We, we get contracts where we're there five days a week, seven days a week, and we have to build a sustainable solution where our staff is there for the entire duration of the time. And when there's issues, we have a plan in place on how to, if someone's sick or whatever, but there needs to be a sustainable solution. If you're that busy and you're, and, and, and you have really no time to breathe, like I'm not, I don't come from the nursing home industry, but it's not a sustainable solution. If you don't have 20 minutes out of your week, when you could divide this up between your different managers on who who has the weekly one-on-ones with you, to, to speak with someone, you need to you need to set aside twenty minutes a week, and maybe you could do it every other week to just have let them speak, let them have that voice. Otherwise, you're just holding it up inside. It's going to get bigger, bigger, bigger until it pops and they walk off the job, and that's not a sustainable solution. That means you're going to go around in circles and circles, hiring and firing, hiring and quitting, whatever it is, and and you're going to have the same issues. Learn from your mistakes. Learn from your past mistakes and learn how to move on. This is the solution. It worked for me. It worked for everybody. And everyone, I, I, I speak to people today and they tell me that they, they change their way they lead. They lead. A lot of this is they, they, they base it on, this, on servant leadership, but they don't have any formal procedure or process in place. And, and, and it works for them. Because, because you're building that connection. You're building trust. You're, you're, you're letting them... Oh, you're opening that dialogue, the opening the floodgates and letting it out, right? And that's the key to success with keeping longe- employees long-term. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. It's, definitely the very, it's very, very useful, very practical. I'm still trying to grapple with someone who's really, really deep, deep in and they can't get 20 minutes in. And they can't, be, let's say there, there might be 30 or 40 or 50 people working nurses and aides throughout the week. They can't get to all of them. That 20 minutes times that number is impossible. And they themselves might be working on the floor because there's not enough nurses. But I'm thinking out loud just to make it a little bit more practical for even extreme cases, while you're on the floor and you're both documenting with each other, have have an informal conversation. Now, we're not talking about coming to an office, meet me at three o'clock. It doesn't, obviously, in a, maybe in, in the right way to do it, it would be that way. But if you can't, it's not an all or nothing. What I don't want to happen, you're providing tremendous value right now to a problem that's very painful. What I don't want to happen is that someone say, yeah, my nursing home has this problem or, or even another has this problem. And Izzy says, saying a lot of great stuff that he read in a book and that he implemented himself. Good for him. But guess what? We can't do that. 
We don't have that luxury right now. If we were starting from the ground up, so I don't want that to happen. I want people to be able to implement it. So I think just to qualify some of the things that you said and not to take away at all, and obviously the best way to do is the way you said it, but if you can't do that because whatever's going on in your facility, do something. Have one five-minute conversation with one nurse and watch what happens. And watch that person slowly start to change. Watch her talk to her colleague. Watch her talk to her aide or whatever it is. Watch the process start. What do you think to that, Izzy? I would think that's okay. And maybe even do a group, a group session or even Zoom. I do my weekly one-on-ones over Zoom. And I'm not in Toronto every day or Cleveland, right? So I have to do them over Zoom. And it works for me. And everything is documented. I write it down. I save it. And, and I save that for my performance review at the end of the year. And, and even doing it, even maybe going through like a fast track where you're asking less questions and you're not, you're not, let's say you skip out the part where this week, what do you have coming up this week? Or skipping out the, what you have personal requests for them because they already know their job, right? So you, there are parts that you can skip out, but I think the main part is really having them, you know, sit down like five minutes of their time and just like have them open up to you and really find out what's bothering them. And if there's anything that they need to get off their chest and just a week in review in which you really dissect and really understand how their week was and and if there's anything that you could have done to support them the past week, right? Yeah, that's key. Keep the conversations servant-related. Many times, especially in nursing homes, it's such so institutionalized that the different levels and there's the nurse and the unit manager and the director of nurses, the administrator, the corporate, the regional teams, the CEO on the top, And there is a level of a punitive type of mindset as opposed to a supportive mindset. And it's said that, yes, we're the support in the building, but sometimes it's just the opposite. We have to micromanage you, but really be that person. So be the one who's actually there to support. And saying the words is not enough. Show up by showing up on the floor with them in real time. Like you said, being on the court or however. During the game coaching during the game. There you have it. Yeah, really quick. And that could be a, an administrator going and who doesn't speak to the, the nurses ever. He could just go and, and just that little bit of talk, it really, it makes them feel good. It really, it changes everything. There's, there's right. a process to being successful during coaching during the game. But I would suggest to everyone that they really learn that process and understand what it means to coach during the game. And, and, and you'll, you'll, you'll see the differences right away. For me, it was transformational. Wow. Wow. So two things. Number one is if you're listening and you have this problem in your facility, don't say that I don't have resources. Don't say I don't have time. You do have enough time. If you knew that by spending even an hour per week in these types of activities would help this problem by 10%, it's for sure worth your time because of how painful it is. And it will help more than that. So you, you adopt this the way that you want to adopt it. Obviously, there's an optimal way of doing it. And then there's the way of making it work for you in your building. Whether you can get a group together for 10 minutes, a huddle at the nurse's station. And guys, just let, let me know what's going on. Or whether you get you know a couple of one-on-ones, start. Start somewhere so, th- so that this could really work. I, I see we're running out of time here, Izzy. But are there any resources, if people want to learn more about the concept of servant leadership that have been useful for you that you could share with our listeners? Yes. Number one, I highly suggest the book, The 50-Year-Old Millennial by Mark Pettipaw. 
But if you really want to coach your team and really have like a one day coaching session, I know Mark Petipaw does this either over through Zoom or he'll come down to your facility and he'll really train your team. It could be just your executive team because that's really where it starts at. It starts with the CEOs, the administrators and and coach them on, on servant leadership and you'll see a, a, a ridiculous difference in your transformation of leadership and it'll be that's that'll be the key to the consistency that you need to let go of all your issues let go of because once you have the people and and they're there and they're not constantly turning over you'll be able to run a smooth ship well amazing amazing before we let you go izzy tell us a little bit if people want to learn more about your business where they can find you i know that you've been very generous with your time and your experience and really just frankly i was really blown away by our short conversation we had before it was yesterday i think um, about how you've implemented this stuff you're not writing a book this is you're not a college professor you've done this stuff and it works which is amazing if people want to learn more about your business first of all you could just share with us what you do I know you you don't want to mention it, but too bad. And how can they learn more about your business? So number one, you can Google GBC Facility Services or find us on LinkedIn. What we do essentially is we're an all-inclusive janitorial service provider. A lot of different facilities, they need a higher company to do the janitorial and housekeeping, but also the ground maintenance, the part they need to take care of the parking, the valet. They have one-off services that need to be done in the building. And, and we, we provide a package that includes all of that for a monthly price. That's in, in simple. That's what we offer. Facility, complete facility services. Amazing, amazing. And what's the website if they want to check it out? GBC Facility Services. Okay. So if you want to learn more about that, you can look up Iz- Izzy Walkman on LinkedIn or GBC Services on LinkedIn or GBCServices.com. Th- Izzy, thank you so much for joining us today on the Nursing Home Podcast. You've shared some really relevant, practical, tried and true ways of helping with this very painful and timely issue. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And if anyone wants to reach out to me, has any questions on what I spoke about, I'm here free to speak to you and and provide the insights that I have learned. Obviously, it goes much deeper into what type of questions you want to ask and all that. You can feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and I will help you out 100%. Awesome. That's very generous of you. Maybe I'll take you up on that. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Now that you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd rate this podcast and let everyone else know what an amazing resource this is for those wanting to learn anything and everything about the nursing home industry. So head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Leave me a review and let the world know What an amazing show this truly is. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes.